0: Hi, everybody. My name is Kalei. Today is January 18th, 2021, and we have Carol Vance in the house. In the house. Yay. So today's 18th. So a few days ago, January 6th, a major event took place in, uh, on our planet, on our country. So we'll talk a little bit about it, and um, we'll share our perspectives as a sociologist, as an observer, as an American and go from there. We got a couple of topics, the areas we'll probably hit is uh, trust in government. We'll talk about treason and the global impact of what happened. Um, and may, maybe touch on Blue Lives Matter and how racism also played a role in this this breakdown. So a little little quick reprise on what happened is January sixth. We had a mob attack. Our... Capital temple, building. Our Capitol
1: building. Temple of democracy.
0: Temple of democracy. We were attacked. Daylight. It's about 3 p.m. or so. It was attacked. Uh, words like, hang Mike Pence. He's the vice president. And people left. They defecated in the building. Uh, they stole things. Um, so, a, a lot of strange, unfortunate events took place. So, it's an attack. It's uh, uh, the president at some level was involved in it. Uh, so it's it's confusing times. So let's pick up on trust in government, Carol. You talked about trust in government. <clears throat> what happened there? What happens to our trust in our government?
1: Right. So the big if- issue for me when it comes to these events is I, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around mm-hmm. how big of an issue this is. Because the thing that comes to my mind is we're taught in childhood that our government has it all under control, that we can trust our government and that they'll protect us from outside forces. And this is why we put so much faith in them. And this is why we give them so much financial funding for their missions and stuff. And, and, and the legal system. Right. We trust in the legal system. The law works. Right. So even if you don't always agree with the law, you you have the belief that they have a job and they do that job. Right. And somehow this these these events violated all of that for me. And I feel like I feel like how can you trust the government to protect us when they couldn't protect their own capital building? Mm-hmm. Something that's so meaningful and powerful and something that that basically you know symbolizes our democracy and and our country as a united front and they just stood there while it got breached and and demeaned and derided and
0: whom do you mean when you say stood there and watched it happen
1: um yeah so i think everybody um the people on the inside didn't seem to want to defend the position the the people voting at the first sign of trouble. They just took off and I have a problem with that. They they didn't even try to defend our own Capitol building. And the police outside, um, maybe this probably leads us into one of the other topics, but did they not stop it as hard as they needed to because they didn't see a mob of white people as a violent threat? Um, because if that's true, then they overlooked possibilities and didn't really do their job.
0: Yeah, for me, the the, the legal piece is what got me confused. After 60 cases, I'm like, okay, even, even Trump-appointed judges said, eh, there's no case, you know, Biden won. Right. When that was not taken as face value, and then people who believed it, and then therefore... Wanted to be heard. It it was a kick in the belly, uh, a knee in the groin. In effect, like you curled up and unable to still wrap, like you said, like wrap your head around what had happened.
1: Well, yeah, because I mean, think about it. For for pretty much my whole life, I've been for democracy, but questioning whether or not we actually have a democracy. But I gave them the benefit of the doubt because I don't know they. They had our faith, they had our trust, and and I wanted to give them a chance, the government, the people in power, the, the two parties, the... I just wanted to believe that when it came down to it, that they would do what was right for the country. And yet, somehow, we ended up with a president who incited mob violence, and nobody is calling it um, treason, which... Is a whole another topic. And, right. and we should, this sounds know,
0: appropriate, right? This is treason. And, and, and we looked up the meaning, right? Right. When you intend to, whether you succeed or not, when you intend to overthrow the United States government, that's treason. Right. This is exactly what these people wanted done, overthrow the government to have their way. That's treason. And when when, when politicians, elected officials, do not call it treason, I that's like in that kick in the belly and the groin. Yeah. It's like... I don't know how to think about it. I mean, we were concerned about doing this podcast, even if if that's safe anymore, doesn't feel safe anymore, because who is threatened? It's Like anybody who thinks that way and now they've abided, abetted and supported and and stand by watching and cheering that on. It's just, it's, I'm sick and oh, sick in many places.
1: Well, and you have to consider wordplay because the group of people who committed violence against our Capitol building could be termed domestic terrorists, and if they were Muslims or Arabic or Afghani, um, they would have been called terrorists.
0: So and we still, still haven't called this group terrorists, because you know this, for me, in Why many ways, was, we not. <laughs> we did when nine eleven happened, right? Right. You know, when when even when there were people who were questioning this, from we well, decided this is not the time to criticize. This is the time to unite because the we knew the forces from the outside. When the forces were from inside, how do you unite now? Right. I know uh, uh, elected officials are now worried about their safety in lawmaking. That's it. We've been infested. It's it's, it's troubling.
1: So it's 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 somebody calls the what. Kettle, (laughs) somebody calling the kettle black, yeah, like calling the kettle black.
0: Maybe that's the wrong analogy, like calling it for what it is. For me, as far as I'm concerned, it is treason,
1: it is treason, and it is. Leaders don't
0: call it that, It it is absolutely terrorism,
1: right? But by not calling it that, we're in some people's eyes, we're giving them validation, we're giving them permission for what they did. If somebody commits a crime and you know they committed a crime and you do nothing, you're giving them—I don't know—a permission, permission to do, permission do it again, it right? And, so, and a
0: permission to everybody else watching have, have the same thought. Right, we can do this too and get away with it. And
1: can they now? Think about that for a second. Like in in my mind, things like the Capitol building and the White House were were impenetrable. They were they were unimpeachable. They were they were places of like bastions of courage that that couldn't be beaten and they were beaten by a a bunch of white dudes busting windows like my mind is blown by how little trust i now have in the government to be the government
0: Absolutely. So, so you know, I grew up in Malaysia. I've got Indian ethnicity, whatever all that means. I'm connected to the rest of the world in some kind of ways. And the questions they are asking, what's going on there? And I'm dumbfounded. I don't know what to tell you. And then I, I use the word, it is treason. I use the word, yes, we've been attacked from the inside. Probably somebody who wished this happened is having a good laugh. And and whatever they are calling it as is, I am agreeing with them, because the rest of the world does look at the United States and how they know we are an experiment. They know we struggle while we have put Obama. We've also put Trump in. They know we have held on to slavery longer than anybody else. So they know all of this. Yet they look at us like yet. Mia culpa. we are able to look back, take a good hard look and take one step forward, knowing we're dragging our feet, we keep going on. But here's somebody knocked on knees, And I do personally fear all the dictators out there like, aha, this, if that is the time to do something really, really, really bad, this is the time to do it in their own countries.
1: Right, because, I mean, from the perspective of outsiders, we've always been part joke and part... I don't know, um, a social test in democracy? Yes. Uh, the I don't know about the joke part, but definitely part <laughs> test in, in,
0: um, in democracy.
1: The, well, I don't know about joke, But of the joke, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> no, people are still dying to come
0: here. Yeah, no, we fair. We're still that.
1: better than most places, but oh. we're still often the butt of a joke. <laughs> but, but there are still
0: people willing to die to right. make it here. Um, we still have a far more, people, I have an access to the legal system. So much more in this country as an American than I would be. I can oh, imagine absolutely. in other countries.
1: I can't. Even but imagine. all that is
0: just rattled. Just yeah, it's to the being bottom. tested
1: because other places were watching us for how we handle democracy and whether we can make it a long-term. I don't know type of government way of life, and while our democracy has never been perfect, like you said, it's safer than most, and people right. still die to come here.
0: Correct, Correct. but.
1: We're kind of on the edge of screwing that up. We are, and many are watching
0: to say, "See, that's why the like, especially the Chinese government, right? They're looking at us, and that's exactly why the American version of democracy doesn't work,
1: right?" And they are going to use this. I've already heard.
0: I've already heard CGT. They're going to say, "We
1: we can't do democracy; it doesn't work. Look at America. Look at it."
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's exactly what they're doing. They're pointing. It's being pointed at in so many places. It's phenomenal.
1: How did we reach that point? (laughs) <laughs> because I think
0: our media got sucked into it they wanted sensation more so than truth
1: it became more about entertainment and less about journalism that's
0: right and, and that was one big error and then when that error took place then it became populism and then to offend the powers to be was people are still nervous about offending the powers to be right so they played along for the sake of power these two things got got hooked up in each other. And then with this globalization, right? Our average everyday white male, 40 to 65, is high risk of suicide, opioid crisis. There is lack of job, lack of, lack of training, lack of economic opportunities. And then they don't know what to do. It was a perfect soup for someone to come in and say who's at fault and point at the fingers at all sorts of people. Uh, who are dying to get in here and ending up washing dishes and doing all the dirty work we don't want to do. Right. And and it was a perfect setup. But the real people who actually put, you know, the powers to be were people who got uh, tax breaks, people who were able to put judges in. Fortunately, these judges stood The The law, law and order was important, not just order, but law, Mm -hmm. that President Trump did not have a case. He brought in 61 cases and 60 got thrown out.
1: Yeah. I don't understand as a society how you can look at how this election went, how many accusations of fraud there were, how many times the Supreme Court said there is no evidence of widespread fraud and still support Trump's. Opinion and follow his inciting of violence. I don't understand how, as a society, we are capable of that.
0: Yeah, and then we talked about a little bit about what's it's breaking from the inside. So, Blue Lives Matter come into being, right? Our our people presumably are there to protect our country. Were welcoming these marauders, these insurgency. And and our even elected officials now, you know, don't want to have the little metal detector to go in because there are people in the in the Congress, in the Senate halls, are afraid for their own lives by the other elected official. It is insane. Blue lives matter. Like, wait a minute. In fact, one policeman got pulled out and beat up and killed, and there were other policemen who let this happen.
1: It doesn't make any sense to me. It's like we're falling apart from the inside, and no one knows how to stop it. And as a sociologist, I can see that it's a system of things falling apart all at once. Mm. And as a humanist, as as good a humanist as I am, not um, I, I I would argue that I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around how to deal with the with the population. With the human population from a humanist perspective? How do I deal with a group of people that did this? And how do I deal with the group of people that allowed this and supported this? Like as a humanist, how do I deal with that? I have no good answer for you.
0: It's been always been my challenge. How do I speak to someone who don't speak my language? How to learn their language so I can make them understand my point of view. But right now, I am dumbfounded. Um, I am absolutely dumbfounded. But you know, it's it's been tricky. I, as a brown man, have told older white men, you know, for you to be angry at me makes a lot of sense, but I don't know what the solution is, right? Like in, I am the image of someone has taken away the jobs for your children. I am the image of all things going bad in your life. I'm the image of, you know, the 50s, you had a wonderful time, that we don't have a wonderful time because I have presumably taken it away from you.
1: Right. But they've been convinced of that. And so in their mind, they believe that that it helps them to be able to have someone to blame. But that doesn't make it any better. Right. Blaming someone, whether they're guilty or not, does not fix the situation.
0: Right. And at this point, maybe we'll do another podcast on how to approach it. There are approaches out there that I am still stuck. Like I said, I'm still feeling the kick in the belly and the groin, and how to speak to someone. Our piece to talk about democracy. I'm even afraid to approach the topic at the moment with a lot of people, who are friends who absolutely worship. The good news is, after the event of January sixth, uh, a poll came out on approval rate. So. Apparently, the approval rate dropped down to 33%. So one-third or two-thirds of Americans do not approve of what has just happened.
1: But that means one-third does.
0: One-third is 100 million people. That's That's a a lot lot of people.
1: (laughs) And then, I mean, we're left with the last topic. And we saved it for the end because, well, well, it's often the biggest topic.
0: Right. That's right. That's right. And, and the, the way somebody framed it and the way I frame it is also if the people who came and attacked were not white males, we would have considered all possibilities of a threat, right? So what blinded us is racism. Does right. that make sense how I so, frame it?
1: Yeah, no, perfectly, because it's two-sided, right? Because the mob violence was white, they were not seen as a threat. Or violent, but if that same mob had been a, a riot of Black Lives Matter or just a group of black people, they would have immediately been seen as a threat even before they were a threat. Long so before. by the right, so by the time they actually started anything related to violence, the the police would have shut it down. Right, right. So because they were white, the police didn't stop it before it got out of hand because they couldn't. In their minds, they couldn't picture this group of white people being violent because that's what they've been trained.
0: That's right. That's right. So, therefore, it's racism got the better hand. Yes. complete. The door got opened because
1: of racism. We
0: got smacked right. and defecated in that building right. because of that.
1: Our democracy was violated. So, going back to the... Ah, such
0: a hard topic. I know. Going back to, you know, what does a humanist do? What, what do is, you do? What do you do? What do you do? Um... Yuan Harari talks about the future. Where does it need to go? Where does the anger need to be directed? How should we address it? Um, He talks about we need an alternate form of looking at work. We need to think about global income, not universal meaning uh, statewide income or United States countrywide income, but a global income that there is no uprising in the middle of nowhere that will affect us, that everybody needs a basic minimum pay that they can have decent living. Um, So therefore, there's nobody in a place where there's just incredible amounts of struggle. Now through my own work, I do know global wealth has gone up. It's grown in China and Africa and the Middle East and all these places, not so much in the United States nor Europe. We've been stagnating, we've been staying behind, so to speak. So how do you address the concerns of these left behind? Uh, and personally, you know, as a humanist, the compassion goes back to the opioid crisis. The white men are committing suicide left and right, not having an alternate narrative of who they think they are. And their place in not just in the United States, in the globe, in the planet. They seem not to have... It's not just white male, right? It's heterosexual Christian white male yeah, it's very that specific. seem to be incredibly struggling, incredibly hard. I am the gift to mankind. I am it. I am... That's what they're Jesus told. looks That's like me. That's what they're me. taught.
1: That's what they expect to be real.
0: When that image is shattered, um, there is going to be a lot of anger, a lot of sadness, a lot of heartbreaking... Um, what is a humanist to do? I think I have personally, right, have like oh, talked about it that openly about suicide and crisis and global and own it that I am the image while I'm not,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? I, I don't represent at all that aspect of what they see me or what they've been. Because when Line 11 happened, one of the craziest things that happened, a colleague turned around, looked at me and said, somebody like you who did it. And I'm like, huh? And then the whole, even till after all these years, I still wonder what should I do with someone who looks like me? What should I? What should I do with me? I don't even know what this means. Mm-hmm. And and it still haunts me, right? When somebody says like that to me, um, I sometimes worry the the white men who did that. If somebody turned around and said someone like you here did it, what does that mean? When it's a small group of people who you know, oh that that made a mockery of our democracy. The other sad part I had, maybe, you know, so not kosher to say it, right? somebody replaced our United States flag with the Trump flag. And somebody else I heard that I thought was fascinating, we may be running out of time to talk about it, is, you know, there are religious cults, right? There are ministers who come on and they become almost godlike. And here there is a political cult.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's already a book called The Cult of Trump. I mean, oh. it's been recognized <laughs> that his following is cult-like. They, they're fanatics. They don't listen to rational, logical, anything. They, they are Trump, and that's all, all that matters.
0: Yeah. Maybe the next podcast is for us to look up how to deal with cults. I do know a professor who had a job bringing people out of cults. <laughs> was, we will be
1: our own street uh, epistemologists, we will, we will decult. Yeah, maybe I'll
0: talk to him about how to bring people out of a cult and, and do some own research as a humanist, as a sociologist.
1: I think it just comes down to and bringing emotional asking, intelligence, asking questions without right. um, judgment, asking questions yeah. without judgment. But before we do that, we have
0: to process our own
1: yeah. disappointment, hurt, anger. We'll be able to do
0: that. We will. We will together. We will together out there. If you're listening, together we will have to resolve. Like you know, African Americans when they came out of slavery and they saw lynching. There is always an element of we will still go through this together. We'll still find a way to forgive when we can. We'll still continue to work on it.
1: I think we can.
0: I I just got to wrap
1: my head around it.
0: It's going to take a minute. And that's partly why we're doing this. But just to even own it that it is hard to get our heads around it.
1: Right. If if it's hard for us to get our heads around it, I can't even imagine for... For the rest of society like what are they de- dealing with with this subject right, what, right who are they talking to about it because how do you mind how do you even talk about this without getting in a fight with someone who happens to be different from you wow yeah so with that we'll wrap up
0: um if you're out
1: there hang in there
0: breathe um keep keep writing as much as you can don't let it only run in your head. Because, you know, when when it runs in your head, we call them crazy, right? You point your head and you do this number. So keep writing, keep thinking, keep feeling. Don't act much yet until you have come to some kind of peace. And we'll do another podcast and what is a humanist reaction might be to our January 6th attack. All right. Peace out. Bye, guys.